0: Hey, welcome to minor details I'm Nick and I'm James and this is the best design podcast on the internet <laughs> whoa <laughs> you know we, we try to we try to what about Mebby Dillman actually yeah she's pretty good too yeah uh, well it's the only podcast by us so mm-hmm you know you gotta get you gotta get your uh, fix somewhere <laughs> uh, welcome welcome uh, we've had some technical difficulties uh, we're recording in my room with uh, one microphone oh. and whose fault is that nick? well i moved my computer to the studio and you know that might be in our weekly updates but um yeah james and i are really close to the mic we're about to kiss and uh <laughs> uh no no but uh yeah so if the audio is bad it gives us some slack we're working out the minor details <sighs> oh, god <laughs> i try to work that in when i can yeah i can tell um but yeah how was your, how, did you have a good week james i did
1: and uh to be honest nick since I arrived at your apartment, I'm extremely offended that you haven't mentioned the most obvious difference
0: <laughs> Okay, uh, in my po- appearance. You're pointing it out right now, and yes, you have glasses. I noticed you had glasses, but I also... No, I'm not talking about the glasses. <laughs> I'm talking about the, uh, the plastic
1: surgery to look like Nick Baker. Oh,
0: I knew you looked familiar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I did, yeah. So, it uh, turns out that my eyesight was... Uh, not so good. Oh, that's why you could never see my, my yeah computer. yeah that is that's why. Um, so uh, recently, my 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 wife got fed up trying to um, begging me to make an eye doctor appointment. She made one for me, and I uh, went down, and they told me uh, I had astigmatism and all that good stuff. I don't know what that means, but that's it, bad. It means I have uh, an eye shaped like a football, apparently. Oh, no. yeah, that's. <laughs>
0: I mean, there's pros and
1: cons of that. Yeah, right? and then the doctor took it out and uh, and your then, eyeball. Yeah, and then she she threw it, touched it. She, <laughs> yeah, she spiked it. Uh, but um, but yeah, so uh, I ended up going to Warby Parker. Um, okay very very good experience i i love warby parker
0: yeah they're the uber of glasses yeah uh, sorry
1: that was bad i've got a friend who works there shout out dylan and he uh he helped me out yeah i'm, I'm a shout shouter outer yeah james you gotta get those uh shout outs in they're yeah paying, they're paying you money um but uh and i just got my glasses not too long ago this past thursday i guess past or past wednesday right after our podcast i always get packages after, like right after the, pod- after the podcast, it's amazing. It's a you know, it's such a delightful,
0: delightful day for me. Well, I think those glasses look good on you, James. You Thank know, the, you. So the reason I didn't, I didn't acknowledge it is was, is because one, we have only seen each other seven seven <laughs> times for seven episodes, and uh, two, <laughs> maybe we've seen each other a little more, but <laughs> you know too, I also thought, like, oh, maybe he just was, like, not wearing his contacts today. Right, right. No,
1: so. I haven't been wearing my contacts for 30 years. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, the thing is, is that once I put these glasses on, it was like, it was like upgrading from a tube television to a 4K HD. Nice. And, no, in, the, in some of the most horrifying what? ways. Why? Oh, because... I now see, see oh. how ugly... This world really is. Uh, oh, that was close. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna say like how ugly. No, no, <laughs> no. Here's, but here is the honest truth. I uh, I went in and looked in the mirror and finally saw why why my wife has been trying to get me to improve my skincare routine. Oh no. Uh I have a flaky face. Oh, okay. And, and you couldn't uh, see that before. I could not see that before at all. I, I, no. I had a I saw only when I looked in the mirror I only saw a like photoshopped image of myself. Interesting. Like a Kim Kardashian
0: image of myself I did not know that you couldn't see that much I knew that like you could never see my computer screen and I always had like make it big but I thought you were just like (laughs) you know just like I can't see it because I'm sitting far away
1: yeah uh well you would never push my wheelchair up closer close enough to see it Jane, a, you don't have a I you know I also have polio. <laughs> oh no,
0: we can't make about a polio. Yes, we can. It's, is polio still? It's around? eradicated, I think. I think I think it is. It's it's, it's gone, right? I hope so. I, I hope so. I we apologize if you have polio. Yeah,
1: I don't know. The, but um <laughs> But yeah no I I now have have the eyes of a hawk and I'm interested to see how it will affect my design abilities mm, I wonder if it will maybe it'll make I hope it doesn't make me worse <laughs> I hope that the magic wasn't in I was nearsighted <laughs> I, I could see things up close okay. I just I, I was just having trouble seeing it. things from far away got it okay but uh but yeah
0: so that's that's kind of the big news for that's me that's exciting of the week that's definitely exciting mhm uh what about you Nick um I I forgot to mention last week, but we you know I talked about how my shoes, my sh- VR shoe sketches are being installed into a museum. Right. And so I actually checked out the installation recently. I think a couple days ago. It looks awesome. I mean they're huge. Um, oh, sorry. We if, if you didn't if you hadn't heard the previous episode. Uh, this is actually a virtual reality museum. So it's, right. it's not a real physical place, no. it's a virtual space, but yeah. it, it looks like a real museum mm-hmm. when you put a headset on. Um so yeah, the the curator had you know sized up my shoes to be as big as cars and like they're floating on the wall and it's it's cool. I'm excited about it. That's awesome. Um yeah, so so opening party I think is like Thursday or something. I don't know if I'll be able to make it, but yeah. it's, it's uh it's exciting. It's low, it's kind of funny, right? Yeah is a uh, is it an open bar? Yeah, it's BYOB. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's actually kind of funny cuz the uh, the the curators and the, the programmers actually included um, alcohol in virtual reality. You can't actually see anything. I mean, I mean you can't actually taste it's it's Yeah. it's a digital sure. space, but like you can like pretend to have a sip of your drink. But I mean,
1: you know, most people at a gallery, they just want to be seen holding a oh, glass yeah, yeah. of wine. Yeah, you, you never know. want to get caught without holding anything. Yeah, then you just look like a weirdo. No, wine. you look like an idiot. <laughs> That's the thing with the modern age, and I, I forget it was. Uh, I think it was one of the founders of Seymour Powell was talking about how how awkward it is. Like, you know, there used to be a time when if somebody was alone, they might be like smoking a cigarette. Uh, you know, back when back when people were smoking cigarettes. Right. And if you were smoking a cigarette. You kind of looked like you were contemplating and you were thinking. Oh. But now the modern version of that is looking at your phone and you just looks you just look like a, a loner. Like yeah. you look lonely and desperate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's
0: Kids smoking's cool. No it's not. <laughs> don't smoke on a podcast. I don't endorse it. <laughs> James doesn't <laughs> either. He's just joking. Whatever. Okay. Vape Nate. <laughs> oh vaping's a whole different thing yeah <laughs> I'm just kidding oh no <laughs> <laughs> that could actually that be a good podcast episode yeah vaping yeah we don't vape no,
1: uh, yeah. you know <laughs> but uh <laughs> you also moved
0: into the studio this week yeah like like we talked about my my so my life's in shambles right now I've told you James I opened the door butt naked I forgot where <laughs> <the> my clothes were <laughs> um no no uh I uh, moved my computer and some of my uh, my three D printer to the new studio that I rented. Right. Um, it's great. I I really loved it. I've been working there and like getting a lot of stuff done. Um, super focused, and I'm mm-hmm. like really enjoying it. So it's you know great decision. Um, but I am kind of still split. Like, you know, I'm still in that transition phase of like some of my supplies are here at home, mm. and then you know, awkward, and then my computer and a makeup Bot are at the studio and I'm kind of like doing the shuffle right now so yeah. hopefully that'll all ease out oh, and I'll, I'll get I'll get it kind of settled but you know it's a transition
1: there's nothing worse than making a long journey and realizing that you've forgot something yeah, yeah i feel like the first time i encountered that was in college like going to the library to study (laughs) and you forgot your book right Right. you know like all the preparation
0: all just like the mental preparation you're gonna get so much work done and then oh no i can't do any work (sighs) how do you get over that i don't even know yeah so i'm excited the only thing the one thing that's a little weird about the studio is that there's a sculpture of a of like a Goat with horns. I'm pretty sure it's some sort of like representation of the devil oh. in the kitchen. And you know, everyone has their own thing, but you know, I just feel like maybe you should keep that very uh, sculpture to you. I, it's a little scary because I'm there like late at night, only one there. It's pitch black. And then like, I go in the kitchen, I turn the lights on, and there's just the devil staring at <laughs> me. Huh?
1: Wait, Nick, you're telling me that you don't worship the Dark Lord? No, no. Nick, the devil is in the details. <laughs> the devil. Okay, mm,
0: that's that's a good point, James. A good, yeah, a good point. I think you should engage
1: in some ritual well, blood
0: sacrifices. Well, I, I think you should come over to my studio at midnight and then we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. You know, then you'll then you'll realize how scary this thing is. Okay, all right, wall. fine, maybe, fine. Maybe I should take a picture of it and put it post it on the pod, uh, th- the website. Oh, guys, if you haven't already, check out minordetailspodcast.com dot That's where all the photos are. Mm-hmm. Give us some sub- subscribes. Yeah, well Apple you podcast. gotta go
1: you gotta get off the website and then go on to Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Sorry, we were supposed to pitch this at the beginning, yeah. but you know, I just uh, had to splice it in there. And we appreciate the people who uh, who went on there, gave us some five star reviews and yeah, awesome. and left us some comments and awesome. it was very clear that they were doing it because they were directed
0: to do yeah. so. Guys, don't let don't let iTunes know that we told you to leave <laughs> reviews. Make it look like you really like the podcast. This is not some sort of design dictatorship, okay? <laughs> But we are watching all of you. This is more of a monarchy, not a dictatorship. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that was, uh, I guess, my week. Mm-hmm. I got some st- stuff planned this next this upcoming week. Um, going out of town, going to the farm, a little family reuni- reunion. Nice. Um, so that'll be fun. I'm also going to be swing by uh, the Cleveland Institute of Art. Cool. Um, CIA cool little school up in ohio the cia yeah it's i know it i don't know why they it's a long story but <laughs> wow it's actually not a long story it's just like a funny coincidence yeah um it's cool school uh i know a few guys there and they kind of want me to come in and do some some workshops and stuff so that should be fun hopefully it all works out yeah. i guess i guess by the time this podcast airs i'll be in kentucky i'll, I'll have already done it time travel yeah. it's amazing yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, I I think that's my updates. Yeah. You have any updates this week, James? Um. Well,
1: I mean, I I updated you on the glasses situation, but there's something that I wanted to talk about uh, last week that we that we kind of uh, missed. What's that? Going over, which was uh, and and then this is about something from a while ago as well. So okay. a lot of time has passed. That's fine. But time doesn't matter in I past. I think so. I posted and and. It seems like there needs to be some clarification around this post. There was a design that was posted to, like, Lemanoosh, and and I think it was even maybe on Fastco, or, okay. or no, Yanko, I think, maybe. Okay. And you had sent me the the image of this mouse, because I had been working on this... Like uh, a computer mouse, right? Yeah, okay. computer mouse. Um, I had been working on this design that was kind of, like, trying to remove a lot of the the kind of exaggerated ergonomics of a right. vertical mouse to try and make something a little bit more sleek. sleek like a what is a vertical mouse how does that work the well the vertical mouse is it, supposed to um, just be more ergonomic okay. it's supposed to be
0: a more natural wrist position right and so the, and the one I sent you yeah looked like a cone it right? was a cone which was an interesting shape for a mouse like, yes and so you kind of like put your hand on it like right. A, vertically like almost yeah like you're holding an
1: ice cream cone upside down yes right exactly um but, but
0: but that was the one that was posted on the blogs yes
1: that was the one that was posted on the blogs and that was not my design because some we know people designed it uh i think um i'll look up the name okay so i had posted this mouse to my instagram this okay. mouse that i had been working on yeah and what does your mouse look like it, just, just for the uh, listeners. Oh, man, I it's, it's kind of I I, I don't know how to
0: you describe it. It's the volcano. It's it's it is the volcano. You guys know the volcano, right? Yeah. So you know, the the one that was on Yanko Design that was on Lemonouche, like this one that went viral, was a cone. Right. And then James had this mouse that was shaped like a volcano. Now it was kind of an elongated volcano. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you kind of like rested your hand on it, and it was kind of this.
1: Yeah, it has a platform, right? And then this uh, this uh, pill shaped growth coming mm-hmm. from the platform, and and it gets skinny. So it's basically, you know, it is like a vertical mouse. It's almost like you took one mouse and and morphed it onto another mouse, like a, a vertical mouse, and then a horizontal mouse. Right. Okay. That morphed morph
0: might... together. We'll we'll post some pictures. Yeah, we'll post we'll... pictures.
1: <laughs> Uh, and then the other thing was uh, I had a little scroll wheel and it was coming around the front of the mouse oh, so that okay. it was, you could use it left handed or right handed nice. as That's a nice. vertical mouse. Okay. So I posted this, I got, I've, I feel like
0: I've never posted something that got more attention and more critical attention. And, and just to be clear, you posted this viral mouse, this cone shaped mouse next to your mouse yes. design, and you were like, yes. "Hey, what? What's? What, what do you think's better? Yes. Do you think's better?"
1: And overwhelmingly, yeah, people went for cone.
0: Yeah, I think it's because it's simpler, James. I think it is because I'm, it's I'm, simpler. I also, I don't think I commented, but I like the cone better too. Here's now. What, here, here's give, my problem. Give Give your defense. Here's my defense. Um, and and
1: this is something and and i think this kind of goes nicely into our major topic mm, yeah. today um of of sort of this phenomenon of uh what would you call it well, like sexy renders yeah re- render sex- porn render porn yeah um my feeling is is that if you were to hold a cone-shaped object all day, have your hand in basically a claw formation yeah. the entire day, I think the 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 comfort would quickly dissipate. Yes. By holding your hand in such a way, I think holding your hand out flat in its sort of natural resting position okay. is actually the more
0: comfortable hand position. Right. And here here's the flaw with what what the post was. So I believe. If, if correct me if I'm wrong it was the cone rendered out just a you know fancy sexy render computer render and then yours was a 3D print photograph yeah. so they weren't the same medium and no, I think yeah. that's what might have thrown people off. I don't think so I think it was no? purely the simplicity okay. I think
1: I mean if if I were if I had no idea of either of these products right. if I had no intimacy with either one of them I would probably go for the cone right I'm not saying that like I think my design is superior in terms of the form
0: right I think like they er- ergonomics d- I think it's superior Yes. I would agree I, on that
1: I think they distilled it down to like this it's just like this immediate reaction you're like. Yes, of course. Right, but it's it's almost like the Apple Circle Mouse that they had back in the day. Do you remember that one? It was like a perfect little circle. I don't remember that one. Yeah, it was. It, I think it might have come with uh, like the original IMAX, like the new IMAX that okay. that had you know they had they had come out with. Let's post a picture and, of that one too. Yeah, and it was like perfect, a perfect little circle, okay. and it's like, oh, like isn't that nice? <laughs> like that's so nice, but in reality it wasn't that useful like it was it wasn't that comfortable it wasn't that nice like you know there's right. there's the separation but you know i do i do admit that aesthetically the cone is just like this beautifully pure object right but i think ergonomically questionable i mean
0: i think both of them would need to be tested definitely 100% but and I think yeah, definitely. I think we should talk a little more about this yes. um, in a bit. But like the whole fact of like rendering something out so it looks really sexy, but it's not practical at all, is maybe a trend that's going on. And I don't know. We can we can discuss farther. Yeah. Uh, are there any other? Up- I know you had a few other things you wanted to talk about or updates this week.
1: Uh no, I didn't.
0: No. Okay. Well, I want to talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, MakerBot. You know, we're doing that MakerBot challenge. I got an idea. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna share it with you because I'm excited about it, and uh, you know I'm just gonna release it, release it to you guys. If you want to copy my idea, you can. But, um, so I'm gonna make a birdhouse. Okay. And you're thinking, James, or you're thinking, Nick? That's a dumb idea. Like, it's just a freaking <laughs> birdhouse. No, no, no. Listen, listen. So I was uh, walking down the street, and I was like, well, you know, there's no trees in New York City. Well, there's a few, right? Um, and how are you going to hang a birdhouse if there's no trees? I was like, well, there's plenty of utility poles, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if I took inspiration from those like flyers? You know how people always post up flyers like, oh, missing dog, missing cat. Mm-hmm. What if I made a flyer that looked like a or like a birdhouse that looked like a flyer? I'll show you a picture of it right quick. Interesting. In what do you think? Oh. And so I'm going to go around That's the city. nice. I'm going to go around the city and post up these birdhouses yeah. on utility poles that's cool so this is I mean I feel like this also
1: kind of builds off of what Knack Knack's recently did it, with the uh, the give hangers yeah
0: I was inspired by that yeah I was also just inspired by like gorilla design like just creating like uh, urban environment that's better for the world you know yeah like graffiti or like you know any, any type of kind of street art nice that's so, cool. I'm excited about it. So yeah. I, know. I just wanted to tell you.
1: Yeah, it looks great. Um, I guess there is one... I do have one oh, more you bit. Can, you bit can tell me your ones. idea, James. You didn't tell me last week. No. You didn't tell me this week. <laughs> I did have an idea, but I don't think it would work out. Because okay. I was thinking about how um, there's a problem where people aren't hydrating themselves enough. Oh, that's true. That's definitely a real problem. And, uh, and, and one of my ideas that I don't think is very feasible... It <laughs> Was to print out a a little dolphin, and the dolphin would be. I think it would be. It would have to be tied to the bottom of the cup of of the container. Okay. So when you run out of water, it's essentially a beached whale. It's essentially like <laughs> like a dolphin out of water. It's dying, and so it, I love it. It makes you it makes you feel bad for the dolphin, and so you fill the water back up. It's kind of funny. Um, but I don't think plastic in like sitting
0: in water, I don't uh, like 3d printed plastic. I don't think people would be too cool with that. I like this idea if you, yeah, I don't know if it's specifically for this project, but if you were to like make a bunch of like tumblers. Tumbler, right tumbler glasses yeah you could mold that into the bottom so it'd just mm-hmm. be like all glass and then, then there'd be this like little beached whale at the bottom <laughs> and then there'd be a shark and then there'd be a the dolphin and then there would be like all yeah. the ant like a sea turtle yeah and you're like oh the sea turtle's drying out we should give it some more yeah. water
1: yeah yeah I, la- I, la- I really i was thinking about it and i thought about that idea and and just this this idea of like making people feel bad <laughs> like <laughs> Um, like guilty, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. having this bond with this animal, although like maybe some sadistic people would just like watch it dry and work because <laughs> no. they hate their job. But um, but the other piece of news is uh, you know, and I think he'd be okay with me talking about this is uh, Reed Schlegel and oh, I. Reed, the master, the, the king. Yes, uh, I will be his apprentice. Okay. Um, coming up. We're actually doing a collaboration for MakerBot. Oh, okay. um, coming up. So stay
0: tuned. Uh, is it? This is separate from the competition. This right? is separate from the competition. Oh, so this is like a. This is a special thing. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. I mean,
1: it's it's special to me because you know Reed and I have been good friends for a long time. So, and we've worked on projects before and it'll be great to work again together
0: okay yeah that's exciting i'm excited to see what happens yeah we will we'll see what happens um well awesome james uh i think we want to talk a little bit we want to do a design news segment because right we uh you know we've missed a few design news segments in the past weeks well we didn't miss it there just was nothing interesting we thought it was cool right um but we wanted to talk about this uh there was
1: this article on FastCo Design about this airplane saddle. Yeah. Uh, so the idea here is um, basically to get more people onto planes, and I guess essentially like reduce ticket prices, get pe- more people onto the planes. Right. Like so, <clears throat> making the seats more vertical. Right. Um, so essentially. Uh, this design
0: um which is called the Skyrider 2. Okay. Like, I don't know much about the Skyrider 1. I actually remember some previous versions, so I I, I can recall some of the older oh, okay. versions. Okay. But I don't know what know what's special about this new 2 one. I think it yeah. folds. I saw some patents for where like there's folding mechanisms. I I don't know that this one this one in particular
1: folds, but so this was uh, done by an Italian aerospace interior design company called avio interiors okay um and they just they just introduced it at hamburg's airplane interiors expo which is a thing yeah uh in in uh april uh (laughs) according to fasco in the earl of april oh no (laughs) uh but um so basically like what you have is a semi vertical seat. Right. And instead of sitting on a platform, you are straddling
0: a saddle. It's like a bike seat. Yeah. So it's, instead of well, a Well
1: I yeah, I mean I think it's like more like a, a horse saddle. I think it's that kind of width okay. over a bike seat width. You know, it's like a real straddling. Right, 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 right. Um but uh but yeah it's it's super interesting. It says would, would for you ever a
0: hypothetical super economy class would you ever fly in these uh, super economy classes? I feel like because it would probably be like 30 bucks. yeah if it were a short plane ride
1: yeah like you know if it were some Southwest plane ride you know
0: maybe an hour an hour and a half I think I think I might try it. Yeah I mean it kind of makes sense. I mean if you think about do, taking like the subway or something in New York, yeah, you kind of hop on and you stand. It right. could be like a forty-minute subway. You're like, standing which I walking. think is, I, I hate it. You, you hate standing <laughs> I on hate the subway. <laughs> I hate standing on the subway.
1: Nothing messes up my morning flow worse than having to stand on the subway for the entire ride.
0: Oh, James, I'm. Sorry. It's
1: awful. I usually find the shortest person and I sit on them. Oh, okay. yeah. It's a good trick when you're six foot four, <laughs> and, and there are children running around. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think it's a really I think it's a really interesting concept. Although, it also feels like you know this like grab for like all right, how many more people can we yeah. fit on this thing? It's it's kind
0: of like a a capitalist move. Certainly. Yeah, I, I will say that I would definitely take it because I like good deals. Like I remember, uh, <laughs> I, w- I, I went home for Christmas this past year. I got a hundred dollar round trip flight from New York to Florida for Christmas. Right, mm-hmm. this was like during the prime time of airline flights. A hundred bucks. The kicker was is that I had to take a like a two hour subway ride to get to the very end of Queens, and then another hour uh, train ride to go out to the middle of Long Island, and then a cab ride that was like twenty minutes from the train station to the Long Island Airport. It. Long story short, essentially, I pulled an all nighter just for this flight, but it was hundred bucks. <laughs> would I do it again uh, maybe not see I just don't
1: I don't understand that the um, the massive amounts of inconvenience I would gladly pay extra hundred dollars for my I was I was talking to my, my some one people
0: are just like they just want those deals so I, bad I I so I've been trying to transition into this like I, I was talking to my friend and he was he was telling me like Nick, you know at some point you have to give your own time value right like you have to be like, you know i could take a two-hour subway ride or a 20-minute taxi for you know 10 times the cost which one is better yeah and you know he's like you should really start thinking about that now that you've you know you're have a budget and like yeah maybe you need to enjoy life a little bit more than like it's called penny it's, saving it's called the opportunity cost yes opportunity cost definitely.
1: economics 101 mm-hmm. uh but uh, yeah, I I always opt for uh, better living. <laughs> James,
0: you live in that highlight. Better
1: better life. <laughs> um, oh, but uh, yeah, I, you know the only thing is, uh, I guess they would have to ban any sort of
0: overhead storage for for such a seat. I, I mean, mean, how they already are starting to do that. Like yeah, no no more. Uh, what like what are they called carry-ons? Yeah, you can only have one personal item on I, some of these flights. Car- I don't carry on direction. I
1: don't understand I mean I, I get onto a plane and I don't understand how the overhead space runs out because I thought it was like one to one you know everybody but I guess it's not it doesn't quite figure out to that yeah and and there was a very I thought I was going to be whipping out my camera and filming a video for the news oh no on my way back from from uh you had an incident Oh my gosh! This guy got on the plane and pulled—he pulled the bag that was in quote unquote his overhead space out of it.
0: Oh no! Oh, and put no. it on
1: and put his bag in oh there. No. And then went off like he like multiple flight attendants had to come by and be like, "Sir, you can't move." And he was like, "I paid two thousand dollars." For this, Wait, what time, I just what came. Kind of are I just came from a funeral. Things. He was like, he was livid, and oh, um, it was it was a scene. And I thought I was so happy. I was like, we are <laughs> oh, about you're, to. You're being We're about to be on the news. You're entertained. Like, you're being entertained. Okay. <laughs> I was, you know, when something happens like that, you're like, I am in the middle of a newsworthy event, like. <laughs>
0: this is my time oh man i but, i will say i'm ready for elon to just fix the hyperloop just get it working like, mm-hmm. you know planes the the entire like process to get on a plane is such a long process well, and it's just a it's definitely a headache you know i don't know why more companies don't do
1: what southwest does yeah because it's like everything is like this I don't know, you know, like, if you get onto a plane, they just go through all the rewards members, yeah. you know, they're like, and now the diamond class, right. and now the sapphire class, and now the, you know, right, right, yeah, you know, now the ruby class. The gold, I, the silver, yeah. all the
0: way back to, like, the servants. Again. Yeah. The peasant class can now board. <laughs> the peasant's the last one, you know. Yes, please hand us your, your bushel of
1: corn before entering the plane. But, uh, but, you know, Southwest just lines you up in order and on you go like you know they have those those stands that just say like you stand in between here and you just get on and it's like why are we all standing around like this is some third world communist country waiting to get onto this plane (laughs) the class systems yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's weird it's it's like we should have mastered this by now and i don't know if you've tried to ride a bus recently but that system has never worked (laughs) i ride a bus every morning do you know Uh, that I, well, not, I'm not t- I'm talking about like greyhound oh, buses. Oh,
0: oh, yeah. Don't oh, ever. Oh, let's not talk about that. Avoid, <laughs> av- avoid port authority. <laughs> oh yeah, man, buses. Yeah, but uh,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I could I could rant about we transportation. Could, yeah, we could all we could talk day. about transportation for all day. Uh, we're New Yorkers. We're 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 uh, we're you know we're trained to complain about transportation. Yeah, yeah definitely. specifically but uh you know we we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier with the uh, the cone but we wanted to talk about the phenomenon of sexy renders and nick are they actually good design i mean you do some sexy
0: renders <laughs> you are you are a purveyor of sexy renders i i try to do some sexy renders i so you know for the just to give a little more premise i feel like um, oh I didn't give enough well I just want to like break it down because <laughs> well, my mom listens to the podcast she on the okay you know? alright uh, um, so you know in the design world uh, we'll do sketches and we'll post the sketches um, but I think a lot of times what gets a lot of likes especially for Instagram is these you know computer generated 3D models that are rendered out with realistic lighting realistic materials and they look really beautiful they look like something that you could buy off of apple.com you know mm-hmm. it's like something that's like really like delicious and like clickbaity, right? Mm-hmm. And usually those are the things that like get posted around and um, on the blogs and you know, these aren't products that have been thought out at all, they're just you know, computer generated images. Right. Um, and so I think that's maybe where our, our uh, maybe beef is, is like hey, there's a lot of like products that get um, a lot of credit but there aren't actually they aren't actually real products they're just 3D images like right and is that good is that bad yeah. i don't know i don't know i mean uh you know
1: i think that the ability to do i mean generally in terms of just like technology and accessibility like i think it's i think it's always a good thing when like sort of everyday designers are able to do these Fantastic renderings, like they have the the access to the software to make professional yes. looking renderings. It's definitely a it's definitely a pro that we have this tool. Is it abused? I think it yeah. can be abused in a bit. Yeah, and I feel like a general. I feel like I'm generally getting sort of, I don't know, I like kind of cynical about about sexy renders, right? And and just like you know even though i I post rendering sometimes I'm not saying my renderings are sexy but but I you know I like to post I like to post renders I like to see how quickly you can move through the process to get to that rendering phase which can be a day right but I also feel like you know there are certain people it you'll just see you know they did a design and they'll just render the crap out of it you yeah. know in multiple scenarios so much in it and it's celebrated as if it's a real product. A real product. Right. And I don't know. I, I don't know whether I feel like that's dishonest or... Yeah. I, I think... I, I definitely think... Just too much glamor- glorification of the object.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I, you mentioned it. Like, I, I've done some sexy renders. I usually do renders for my VR stuff right now. That's kind of where I'm at right now is I'll do a quick VR sketch and then export that 3D sketch, which is essentially a 3D model... To Keyshot, which is the main rendering software I use. Um, and the funny thing is, is that the VR software, it's very crude software. Like it's still very early in its infancy. Um, virtual reality is just in general. So it exports really, you know, not, they're not, the the 3D models aren't watertight. They're very kind of faceted. They're just, you know, simple like OBJ files. Like they're very crude. 3D model files mm-hmm. and putting them in Keyshot can like it's like almost putting lipstick on a pig, you know. Like <laughs> it's it makes them look like pretty darn good. Uh-huh. Like, like you can like if you kind of zoom out, it's like, oh, look at that shoe, you know, look at that chair. Yeah. Um, but certainly it's definitely not manufacturable at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are still in my mind just sketches, right? Right. Because you know I still think VR sketching is. You know a way to visualize an idea quickly it's not a a cad software at all right and uh
1: you know this kind of goes back to well there's another there's sort of a tangential thing which is just like hot sketches in general Mm. like there's the hot there's the sexy render there's the render porn and then there's the sketch porn right you know and it's like uh, you know i i posted a quote which uh, one of my made-up quotes from my from my sort of ironic made-up quote series, right. which um, which has to do with my I love this with my experiences, right. which is a great sketch of a bad idea as a great idea. Exactly. And it's you know
0: it's, <laughs> it's something it's true. Like honestly, it's it's unfortunately a bit true in mm-hmm. in many aspects. Like you do a fancy sketch, and a client may be attracted to it. Right. Um, and uh, it's. It's unfortunate that that happens you know Yeah. And you should never let that happen you should always make great ideas and have all your sketches be the equal uh, sketch quality i guess right
1: right and i mean it's almost it's kind of an argument to say like this is kind of how the the playing field is stacked like um that this this will happen like you know there are people that can produce great renders and great sketches and this is like it's just kind of the uh, it's kind of a, a kind of a curse of the industry or, or something yeah and and it's almost like you kind of just have to play the game a little bit right like you have to be able maybe you have to be able to do that right but i think that as designers in assessing ideas like one another's ideas
0: like we have to be able to look past that yeah definitely you know and i think we can um the the problem is that when a non-designer sees these really fancy renderings like a client right or maybe just you know some business guy looking at a blog they see this fancy rendering and they don't know the difference right you know a lot of people can't tell the difference between a render and a photo especially if you're really good at rendering yeah um and that's where things can get a little tricky yeah
1: and, and the other thing, it, it's interesting because this this whole discussion kind of uh, goes into, dovetails into this other, this question that we got from Smudgy
0: Hands. The The question was, how important is the kinesthetic experience of an object in, ref, in reference to design? And kinesthetic experience is more about um, touching, tactile, learning from that input. Right. Feeling instead of visual. Right. Um And I think that's super important. I think I touched on a little bit last podcast about how I really enjoy physical products. You know, my entire portfolio is photographed of physical objects. Right. Um, And I, again, like, I think that being able to touch something and understand the function of it and play with, you know, what it if it's just cardboard like just cut out cardboard shapes play with cardboard shapes right um i think that's so much more valuable than doing this fancy sexy render yeah well valuable to the actual design itself the idea obviously renders have their place just like any other tool right um but yeah
1: yeah and I, i i mean i've you know i i kind of touched on um touched on this on a on a on a podcast i think maybe on the first podcast but about like Seeing objects on blogs and then experiencing them in real life and being oh, yeah. super disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And oh, this is a great one. Okay. This is great. And this, uh, the fidget cube. Oh, yeah. What? Uh, disappointment What? You're disappointed by it? I was so disappointed with it I, I, I like them No, I don't, don't I don't own one though Nick, once I'm done done here, you won't like <laughs> it anymore Okay Basically, I mean, the the appeal of all of these buttons Okay, so that, the, the fidget cube Oh yeah, sorry For those of you who don't know the fidget cube Right For those of you who have been living under some sort of godforsaken rock oh, yeah. Listen James,
0: my mom listens I <laughs> gotta explain it to her <laughs> The fidget cube is, it's a, you know, it's a cube, Mm -hmm. a six-sided cube. It's like the size of like a large piece of, a large dice. Yes. Like an ice cube maybe. Yeah,
1: and it is very much made to look like a large die.
0: Right. But on
1: each side is a different thing that you can with. Right, so there's like buttons, there's joysticks, yeah. there's a little ball bearing, a clicker. So it kind of it takes inspiration from this idea that we naturally like to fidget with things, right? Like we right. like to fidget with the the clickers on the tops of pens, and you know anything that we can sort of spin or of what course. you know. Right. But the problem with the fidget cube, first of all, I I I do have gargantuan like orangutan hands. Okay. So that the object was so <laughs> small, but my biggest problem with it was it didn't take into account any of the resistance of any of those interactions so the clicking and in, in all like you know on the one side or mm-hmm. or however many sides there was clicking moments yeah. there was zero resistance it was just easy
0: it's too easy oh, it's... you wanted something more like tactile and like
1: yeah like, like the tough. clicking of a pen oh there's, there's like a, a spring there's a spring and that spring makes all the difference hmm. it provides that satisfaction and i don't know if you noticed this but the fidget cube came out i don't remember anybody really raving about it once they got it but then the fidget spinner came out of nowhere yeah like god knows what factory that (laughs) fell out of but that won out in my opinion because it was like there was a real sense like a sensation there was a
0: gyroscopic sensation
1: Yeah. yeah And that was really visceral, like really, right. you know, yeah. that felt great. Whereas the Fidget Cube was just like it, you know, it was like a, it was like a set of a town in the in like a cowboy movie. I,
0: it's just all facade. Yeah, they definitely kind of just put everything they could think of in one thing and like made money. And like that's good for them like they, yeah. they they, hey. they made some plastic crap and they got my yeah Whatever. i'm not knocking them but i i have it within my right to criticize <laughs> the hell on what they did i i agree with you james i think that if you and i were to design a fidget object it'd be much better than some like just Agreed. weird weird cube i did want to say one thing um have you ever done any designs that require some sort of tactile element that is really kind of a feeling experience um because cuz I've done one one design like that where there was this interaction and I wanted the the click to mm. feel just right. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of curious about how you if if you've done that. I don't know if you have or not. I haven't really. Okay, so I so one object I did um I did this cat toy. So, you know, I design pet products. I've done so many like cat and dog toys, whatever. Um and it was this toy made out of silicone and then it had this like plastic um Inner shell that was uh, connected together. It was like a twist and lock mechanism. Mm. Um, and you put treats in it. The cat can bat it around, and treats fall out. Yeah. But the twist and lock mechanism, I wanted to get this satisfying like clicking. Yeah. Right? Like right. And, and I'm not an engineer. Like I cannot put that in. Like I have no clue how to get this like twist halfway turn and then click and like it would be satisfying. Um, so you know, there's no way to explain that too. To a manufacturer, either like, and it's really hard to test. Like, you can't three D print that because it's such a a minute kind of injection molded detail. So what I did is I just uh, copied something. Hmm. So I don't know if you guys have a Wacom Cintiq, which is the drawing pen. Right. Um, but you know that little Wacom drawing pen stand. Yes. And the top turns unclicks and turns off. Yeah. Okay, so the top you know does a half turn. And then comes off, and so it's this exact mechanism I wanted, and so I just shipped it to China. I just I sent my uh, yeah. my pen stand to China. And I said, hey, copy this. That's totally that's totally legit. So I don't know. Maybe that's a tip Is it, for. Isn't you that guys, a, right? I think isn't the uh, the the name
1: for that kind of mechanism? Isn't it a bayonet fit? Oh,
0: I think that might be right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. It's yeah, You know, you just put it in, twist it, and it's
0: locked. Right. Because um, that's how bayonets.
1: They install bayonets on their
0: muskets. Yeah, is that because... how your bayonet's install? It? My bayonet's like uh, <laughs> my bet's a, a sliding lock. Yours is a twisting lock. <laughs> um, my bayonet's a chainsaw. I, I I feel like we got a little stray from our render topic. I feel like well, I, do we have a consensus on on our renderings?
1: Oh man, I here's here's the deal. Is I think. I think it's a valuable thing to learn how to do is do good renderings. Yes. Like, so that you can level the playing field. Yes. You know, because you don't... you Like, either that or be able to whip up some really nice physical models mm-hmm. because a physical model
0: will beat a rendering. Right. You know, but... Um, I, here's, here's what I think. I think that renders are good and they're definitely a great tool to... Communicate your idea really effectively, right? But you have to have the chops to back it up. Like sure. you have to have had done a three D model and like cardboard models and really mocked up the design to its full extent to really validate that render, yeah. right? Like I don't think you should just sketch up an idea, render it out, and then say you've done a product. Mm-hmm. Like and you could do that if it's like a conceptual thing, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna say that's bad, but um, in the real design world, you know, if you're in a business. Um, You would design the object. You would mock it up. You would create cardboard models, 3D prints, really validate that object. And then the final renders uh, could be assets that you use for the website. Mm -hmm. And Apple does that, right? They design a phone and they render it out for their uh, website to put it up there.
1: Yeah. Although I think that that could spark a whole new discussion (laughs) because uh, it does spark a whole new discussion, which is that I think that Apple has... Gotten gone to the extremes of glorifying the hardware, Uh, and really, yeah, I don't know because I feel like I love it,
0: James. We're industrial designers, though. No,
1: but you know, I feel like even Steve Jobs understood that there was more than than just the hardware. Yeah, like there was a message that Apple, as a company, was putting forth. You know, it's like this is about think different. This is about. You know, we're giving you the tools. Now you take those tools and you yeah. push the boundaries. Yeah. And, but now it's just like, let's see a grid of
0: all of the iPhones or. <laughs> Don't you love it, James? No. Oh, this, here, this is the great paradox, though, because we love the render porn. We love those sexy renders. But, but you're right. Like, it is just kind of flash. It's just for show. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, though. It does, it's good for marketing purposes. Like sure. If, like, if. If you have a great idea and you want to sell it to a big company, you want to license the idea, you know, do some sexy renders, yeah. make it look like an Apple. People yeah. like it.
1: I honestly like don't have that much of a problem with render porn, and I and I really admire the people who can truly render because there's, you know, I don't think of myself as somebody who's like an expert renderer. Right. Um, there's actually a new Instagram. Uh, render weekly where they've been doing challenges oh, I've, I've seen it occasionally yeah. um mm-hmm. and there's some really impressive renderings on there some really nice stuff i want to
0: shout out has been oxholm mm-hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with him or not no he is he's the reed schlegel of keyshot mm. um he he's the king of rendering in keyshot so if you guys are into keyshot and you want to learn more about that rendering program there's plenty of rendering programs out there but that's the one that i use i believe you use it as well yeah Um, check out Esben Oxholm, we'll link to him, but, uh, has a lot of tutorials as well. So that's where I've learned a lot of my skills. Oh, nice. Um, that's awesome. But
1: yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, for me, when I do renderings, it's like, it's for fun. Like it's fun to render out concepts and, and see, and just get a glimpse as to like what they might look like if they were real. Right you know because that's that's what we're looking for we're definitely as designers we're trying we're like we're trying to see that finish line you know like we're trying to see it we're trying to see the 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 light at the you know yeah. the light at the end of the tunnel but
0: uh you know so any glimpse we can get of that is really encouraging i think that's yeah i think that's great james i feel like i'm on your side with that like you know renderings are fun but i don't know i feel like there's such this conflicting thing in me. Like, I don't know, should I render just to render? Or should I render to create an object? I don't know. Yeah. It, we could probably talk about this for a long time. We could. I don't know if we ever had a conclusive uh, ending to that topic. But, this is, yeah. But maybe we should uh, just... Buckle up. This is a three-hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> maybe we should just move on to the questions. Yeah, I think we should. Okay. Um, we had another question come from Adam. Ooh, this is another... Whew. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Adam had a good question. And yeah. he says, uh, and this is actually something we haven't touched on yet, but he says, how do you feel about the importance of design awards? Is Red Dot really selecting the top quality designs? What about other awards? Is it really worth it for, for getting clients? Or is it just a rivalry between designers? And he just kind of asks, what's our opinion on the whole topic?
1: Well... Uh so this is interesting back in school in my second year in industrial design so actually kind of like my first year within doing industrial design I was doing a group project um, designing a cell phone and it was a two-week project and we had a prompt of universal design mm-hmm. and it was me and three other guys and um we heard that LG was doing this design competition. Okay. And it was designed the phone of the future. And so at the end of the project, we were like, Hey, like, why don't we just submit this right. project? Right. And we submitted it and we won the, the competition. The whole thing? The whole thing. Whoa. And and it was a twenty thousand dollar reward.
0: Oh, you got twenty thousand cash?
1: We you split it. We split it. And it was like it was amazing. Wow! I mean that that alone, that experience alone. I mean that was a remarkable experience. That was essentially the first time I got paid to design. Okay. And and it was just uh, it was an incredible feeling. And and uh, I don't know. I it was funny. I was actually working at my my dad's factory. I was going to be working there for the summer. Right. And I was working on the factory floor. And I got a call from one of my teammates okay. on the project and he's like, We just won. And I was like, I just made as much money as I'm gonna make this <laughs> summer.
0: The whole summer.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. and then Richard Gear came in and he picked me up and and uh, carried me out of the factory and everybody cheered well, and I it was that, beautiful. That, did, that didn't happen. But um, But uh, you know as a student, design like you know, these design awards, they're really they're really great for like pushing yourself. Yeah. pushing pushing your skills, getting yourself out there, getting your name out there, starting to, you know, maybe make some waves a little right. bit. Right. I, you know, for me as a student that was really great. Now, I haven't I haven't had anything submitted for design awards since becoming a professional. Okay. Um so I you know, I'm I'm
0: not really quite sure how I feel about the awards now. Yeah, I I think that's interesting, James, that you kind of advocate for students. I I think I might agree with that. Like, if you're a student, maybe this, maybe submitting to Design Awards might give you some exposure. So, you know, I might play a little devil's ad- advocate here. But uh, I, in general, I probably don't care about Design Awards at all. Like, I, you know, my philosophy is just put it online. And if it's good enough, hey, it's going to get published by someone, mm-hmm. right? Like, people are going to post about it. Um, and it's just going to go go on the web right it'll spread if it's not good enough like oh well um, that's kind of my philosophy and so design awards aren't really that enticing to me I don't feel like I don't really feel like having like a plaque on the wall would validate the design right mm-hmm. like much it would be much better to have my design posted on a big you know blog like Fast Company or Course 7 or something like that yeah um and I guess, you know, in saying that, I think there are some good design awards out there. Um, and I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Like, you have, like, the bigger kind of maybe corporate design awards. You know, I don't uh-huh. want to name names specifically. But there's some design awards that are out there that are kind of just money makers, right? Right. They're pay to play, basically. Right. Yeah. Like, if you want to get this award, you got to shell out $2,000. Yeah. And, hey, we'll give your... Uh, we'll give your sp- spoon design an award you know like hey good job on good job on you right um i will uh i will put a caveat in here if someone else is paying for the design awards yeah all for it which is go for
1: it you know which is what happened there's, um, a, there's a
0: lot of companies that will yeah. pay for design awards and hey that's awesome
1: which is you know something that happened with me um in school was, was the school put up money for a project actually right. that Reed Schlegel and Oscar Salguero and I did together okay um, they paid for for the submission to mm-hmm. the IDEA awards uh, so we didn't have to we didn't have to do anything there um, except submit but the you know the other thing is like aside from the major design awards there's other there's a lot of other design competitions out there and you know some that I participated in in school which is like you submit a design and it could get made
0: like it could yeah. you know mm-hmm. like there's there's i feel like it's there's a really a broad spectrum it and is and i don't want to paint the whole spectrum bad but like you know there's there's the things where it's more of like a targeted uh brief where it's like hey design a new vase and if you win we'll make the vase and you'll get rid yeah. of like that kind of stuff is great i think yeah. it's more like the pay to play you know there's some other bigger design awards that are just kind of like paid yeah two thousand dollars and you'll get a stamp yeah. that says hey you won something right
1: yeah it, it kind of i don't know i don't know how i that, feel about that it. that's my take on it i don't i mean you know that's not everyone's type, i but. i've at the the last company that i worked for the head of the design department somebody asked him you know like kind of like why why didn't we submit to design competitions and this was a large kitchenware's company okay and his response was basically like it doesn't
0: Bring the business anything. Oh, and that kind of answers the question too, because Adam was asking about: Is it really worth getting, with or for getting clients? Yeah. Clients I, don't care about design awards. <laughs> I mean, they might. You know, when it comes to a consultancy, I don't
1: know. Maybe, maybe having maybe having those design awards does bring attention. Like any press is good press. Right. But my my feeling about that company and and not wanting to participate, uh, I I felt like. It's not that much money for a big company to submit projects for design awards. Right. And I feel like it's a huge boost, like a morale boost for everybody there
0: who doesn't really necessarily always see the fruits of their labor. That's true. The, the uh, I, I, I can totally agree with that. Like when you're at a big corporate company and you design great products... You know, you don't always get recognized for the actual design, you know. It's like, oh, good job, sales. Like, Mm -hmm. we sold a ton. And, you know, it's like, oh, and the designer designed it. Yeah. Like, but when, you know, if you got a design award, it's like more of a celebrated thing. It's like, oh, hey, this design is actually a good design by the big design award, you know. Right.
1: And I felt like that would have been, that just would have been a really nice thing for, for the design team. Yeah. Um, but I don't necessarily. You know, it's it's not necessary. I I know. Um, you know, Aaron Draplin, the graphic designer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like he is like as far as I remember, he's like so against design awards okay. and, and everything because <laughs> he's just like he's like a workaholic and he just wants
0: his designs. He just wants to make designs. Yeah. like that's his thing. And I would agree. I think most designers are all about that. Yeah. You know, just we just want to make great design. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that was a great question, Adam. Yeah,
1: it's definitely a lot to ponder on. Yeah, but uh, we got one more
0: question. Yeah, this one comes from Martin Veldsman, and he asks, "How might designers come from coming from a technical background, like engineering?" use fine art techniques to improve their designs and do you have any suggestions on doing so and we've actually gotten a few questions like this where it's you know designers that are wanting to be in the industrial design field um coming from an engineering background maybe they you know studied uh they got their bfa in engineering mechanical engineering and are wanting to switch over to industrial design um and yeah i I don't know. Do we have any advice for those kind of people? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess um, you
1: know Martin was inspired to ask this question from my my kind of rant about uh, continuous line sketching, and and Martin's actually he's a fellow ID alum. Okay. Have you met him or no? Uh, yeah, I know him. Okay. Um, but uh, so so Martin, this one's for you. Um, here's here's what I do feel is okay. that I think that it's important for designers to be able to draw from observation real-life observation um, maybe even before they start drawing the ideas in their heads or start to draw start to do ID drawing I think understanding objects and proportion in in real life will only enhance your abilities you know in you know, in designing new objects. Yeah. I feel like it's almost like it's almost like learning it's like learning a new language and you need to understand the fundamentals of the language and almost build up this database of forms and things in your head. And I think drawing from observation allows you to do that. And I also think this is this is another thing that I feel like there's you know, there's not a lot in I D sketching on on instagram people drawing hands in things or people drawing bodies don't in make things. me don't make me draw a hand please Don't, oh, don't I'm make gonna me make do it. i'm gonna make you do it because you know it's it's almost like we're so object obsessed that we forget yeah. about the human interaction we,
0: we are and it's definitely a fault that we all have I, yeah i can attest to that
1: and and so i feel like drawing from observation of 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 just people i think enhancing your observational skills is only going to you know like make your overall design abilities better because yeah. you're going to be a better observer of objects of people of interactions of things right um and and i think that that's you know fine arts is essentially of uh, you know interpreting observation
0: yeah and I, I i definitely agree with that james i think that's a great uh, tip of advice but you know i i'm trying to think the engineers that are kind of because I, I i've occasionally gotten this question too and how like engineers are wanting to become industrial designers and the hard part about that is that they've been trained to engineer product so right. you, you had this you already had this kind of uh, you know like lock on your mind that's like hey this isn't feasible like you right. can't do this because it's not injection mold- moldable or like oh interesting and you know i think you know i don't know how you unlock that lock per se but you have to you know train your mind to be able to dream right like right don't worry about how it's going to be made like you're just sketching you know right. people ask me this all the time like when i do my chair sketches they're like oh this would never work it's not feasible i'm like yeah it's a sketch can you sit on a piece of paper like of course you can't it's a sketch <laughs> <laughs> um we'll figure out that we'll figure out the engineering details later like you know somehow i don't know what you want to what kind of training you need to do maybe it's just a mind exercise or uh you know get grab a beer and just <laughs> just uh you know let your mind be loose like you know dream a little bit yeah um
1: well, you know, there's been studies that have uh, that have been done about the ability to think of a variety of ideas. Is it, is it dia- dialectic thinking? or I'm not familiar I, with that. I, it's I f- interesting. I forget. That might be the term. It okay. might not be. But basically, they test, like, kindergartners to high schoolers. Oh. And kindergartners can come up with... You know, infinitely more ideas right. than than a high schooler. Just because as you grow older, you you start to understand constraints, right. in a way that you know might might diminish your ability to think creatively.
0: Yeah, I and don't it, I don't know how to unrelease unre- un- those. Constraints, I think though. it's
1: is there a good way to do that?
0: I think it's all you know. A lot of it
1: is just um, you know. Really like turning your world upside down, like thinking about, I used to do this with projects, which, where I would say, okay, what are all the things that I know about this thing? Yeah. Like, what are, you know, that I'm trying to design for? Right. And then just like say, well, what if those aren't true?
0: You know, what if, what if none of that is true? Okay. Interesting. You know, I, I also did this exercise where I would just list so you would have to come up with like two kind of topics so say mm-hmm. you wanted to do you know maybe a birdhouse for example right mm-hmm. like i'm doing a birdhouse right now so like you did a birdhouse right and then you just list other variables in right. the entire in, in that thing maybe maybe you didn't even list variables like what if we just said like picnic mm-hmm. and then you say like a birdhouse birds picnic basket right bread you know like little wooden stick that the bird stands on and then so you just list out these words and then when you start combining those words of like picnic basket plus birdhouse it's like oh what about a picnic basket birdhouse Mm -hmm. and then now it's like yeah it's a crazy idea like that seems you know I don't know like it doesn't seem feasible at all but when you start thinking about it maybe that picnic basket birdhouse leads you to a, a picnic blanket birdhouse yeah I don't know
1: yeah, I you know I think um, I think it's a muscle like I, I think creativity is is a muscle right you know and you just kind of have to exercise it definitely and exercise it consistently in order to keep it fresh and and you know I, I think another thing that we didn't really touch about with design the design porn right and and sort of the Pinterest culture right is that you're often, seeing a lot of the same types of imagery or you're just sort of like immersed in these trends right and you're not looking outside necessarily and you know that's why i've been trying to implement this this uh stefano Giovannoni type um design methodology which is is sort of thinking about those like those memories Mm. like how can you tap into memory, right. you know, to inform the the form or function of an object? Definitely. Um, and uh, but but when it comes to just like, you know, fine arts techniques, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I mean, I'll go back to my original statement. I think that just like, fine arts, is about observation and mm-hmm. is it's sort of it's it's a lot of it is it about is about interpreting observation right in a way that is individual yeah um, and sort of providing a new experience and uh, I don't know I think um, you know if you're really concerned about uh, like getting into that mindset like there's like community classes that you can take yes yes yeah. yeah there's there's probably youtube videos i think
0: like definitely like creative strategy is a thing like i remember taking a whole class in college that was called creative strategies Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like what i discussed it was like different strategies on how to come up with ideas like making a list doing like word maps and yeah there's there's some kind of trivial things um but there's some like actual valuable things i feel like the list thing was valuable and like just combining two complete opposite objects can be a very creative technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that you got some something out of that. Martin. Yeah, I think and we're
1: I think we're on two different ways. We are, we are. You, but
0: that's okay. I think I think <laughs> yeah. we give a different perspective. I, yes, because you're talking about like more artistic. I'm th- thing. Yeah. I'm thinking about more thought idea. You're talking about creativity right. in general. Because because when I think about engineering, I think people are, who are not creative, they're like yeah. very like mechanical and get it done and make well
1: it work. they're create they're creative in a different kind of way right you know they're they're creative in a in like problem a, solving in yeah in like a singular focus like i have to make this function work right how do i how do i make it work mm-hmm. within this space yeah and i think a lot of the frustration that i've that i've received from you know like engineers when they see me sketch they're like oh, i just like wish i could sketch that out really quick like right. as quickly as you did mm-hmm. and unfortunately what that requires is a lot of work yeah like it just requires a lot of work yep. to be able to to scribble out something that's legible
0: right you know so it's uh yeah work harder <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our advice for everyone <laughs> but, well ho- hopefully that helps you martin and uh, all the other people that send in questions similar um, but yeah I appreciate everyone sending in questions if you have a question for yourself uh, definitely send it to minor details podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, and every week like we like to give a shout out and this week we want to shout out Ryan Putnam Ryan Putnam and this is at Ryan and then Putnam is P-U-T-N-A-M
1: yeah he is an awesome Instagram like He's a designer, an illustrator, and a potter. Okay. Um, He's a little bit outside of the industrial design field. Yes. Mm-hmm. yeah. and and you know, we want to shout out like not just the industrial designers. You know, because we find inspiration everywhere. Exactly. And Ryan is... He's got an excellently curated page. Okay. He does the three across... Right, right. ...thing, and, and sometimes he does, like, the, you know, sort of, like, those bigger images... Right. ...of, you know, that are sort of a collage on his feed. Um, but, uh, you know, he's just, like, a really interesting guy. I think... I, I believe he was one of... The original illustrators on Dropbox, like oh, okay. a lot of those little illustrations that you see in the background of right. Dropbox, okay, like he he did a lot of those. That's cool. Um, but he's he seems to be somebody somebody that's just not afraid to experiment. He experiments a lot. With texture, which is really interesting in yeah, his he's work,
0: a, he's always doing kind of the postmodern like scribbles and yeah polka dots and like kind of confetti.
1: Yeah, but he's you know he and and the pottery that he does is really interesting. That, that's
0: my favorite aspect yeah. of his work. Yeah, the pottery aspect.
1: And uh, you know he's just he's just out there doing it. He's doing his thing, and he's and he's just you know consistently chugging away at uh, his creativity like this is somebody if you want to talk about creativity like I feel like he is tapped into sort of those modes of like uh, how do I think
0: about this differently right right you know yeah so check him out right at Ryan Putnam on Instagram um, and yeah uh, again if you guys want to check out our Instagrams mine's at Nick P Baker and I am at, I draw on receipts. And, of course, if you want to check out all the links and the images, check it out at details, Um Definitely rate and uh, give us a like, a, like, review it, like, so, like, we don't know that we told you to do it, <laughs> right? Like, you know, give us a five-star on Apple podcast, Um subscribe, and do all those buzzword things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much. All right, we'll see you guys next week, right? See ya.